Hello out there, world. Welcome to Season 3 of Wheelbyte. Humblest apologies for the long hiatus we have been on, but we are back and more motivated than ever to bring you another season of the show. Kick things off since we've been gone so long, and where we left off was with a current events episode, so we figured we'd do another one to get things going since we have a lot to catch up on few things we didn't get to talk about when we recorded this the Milton Martinez cover had not been released and I definitely feel he is a likely contender for skater of the year somehow amidst everything we forgot to discuss the welcome video seance was one of our favorites this year at least one of my favorites I can't really speak for Jeremy but I thought that video was fucking great. Loved that they skated a lot of spots that you don't always see, and that the trick selection was really interesting, and the soundtrack was perfect. Some of my favorite bands, including Cold Cave and The Swirlies, which is funny because Cold Cave singer Wes Isold once told me The Swirlies was his first concert he ever attended. So... I don't know if that was planned, but it worked out that way. Regardless, 2019's brought us a lot of cool shit. Can't wait to dive in with you guys. Welcome to Season 3. Welcome to San Francisco. I feel like I feel like it's dangling by a fucking strain of bone marrow. East Coast Powerhouse. From the New York, I stab you in the West I especially like the flip of the board. What up, what up? Welcome to yet another episode of Wheelbite coming at you live with season number three. I am host one of two, Ted Theodore Mater. With me, as always, is Jay Green here. Yeah, we just live in the studio right now, fucking smoking that wax pen, getting weird, and we are going to be kicking off some things with 2019, what's been going on, how we living. Both Jay and I have been around the world this past year. It's been pretty gnarly between all the shit happening in our personal lives, in skating, it's just been a lot, so we're finally getting back in the saddle and coming out with a new season. Jay, what has been your favorite skate thing of 2019? Oh, man. I don't know if I'm going to have an elaborate answer for you like I usually do. A, a multi-part I mean, it can answer. be surface level, dude. It's fine. Um, man. Um, actually, I was thinking to myself that this year hasn't been uneventful but maybe like a little more quiet in the skate world um but that's kind of a ridiculous thing to say because new shit is coming out multiple times a day literally every day but i felt like last year was just like super fucking action-packed and oh yeah um you know the year's not over we got a couple months left uh but 
especially the big push before Sodi. Right. Well, we're starting to see it right now. I don't know. My favorite thing, uh, boy, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Susu part that just came out at the time we're recording this. And I really liked the short uh, Supreme Nike SB dunk edit um, that came out. I really liked that kid, Caleb Barnett. Um, I always love Kevin Bradley footage. Uh, they're in Europe too, which makes it super dope. And it's not the most like tech, you know, like new age tech mind blowing skating, but it's very, very stylish. And they're skating good, dope spots with dope background, uh, great song. Um, it's just, it's funny for me to say that's one of my favorite things when it's like a couple minute edit. That's um, fine. I mean, that's all that can hold most of our attention spans these days. I really like the Sour Solution video. That's that what was I was dope. about to say. I mean, my favorite thing this year has definitely been Sour Solution 2. Came out right at the beginning of the year, but I can't think of a video this year that has like blown my mind more than that one. Just the skating, the music choices trick selection those yeah. dudes are on some other shit yeah the way they look at spots is crazy you know it's just unbelievable what they're capable of and you know it's it's always nice to see spots too that you don't see in every single fucking video like over right. and over and over again and that's why i love it um my favorite thing in the skate world because i'm a weird weird devious motherfucker it was Miles Silvis quitting <laughs> numbers. Yeah, um, about that. You know, when numbers started, I think we were all kind of excited as the skate community to see Guy Mariano and Eric Costin start their own company. And not only that, to only have like five or six riders, and those riders were like the most elite people in skating you know, at that moment, but they haven't really done much as a company, which sucks. Costin and Guy are just too busy at the bank. (laughs) Nike checks. Yeah, just, it's proof that you gotta be out there in the fucking trenches, getting your hands dirty, eating shit, and going for it, if you want to be a successful company, you know, having your name be attached to something in skating just isn't enough at this point. And that's proof because, I mean, let's just go to the Sour Solution quick. Some of those dudes are huge in the European skate scene. But as far as, uh, like, compared to someone like a guy or a Costin, you know, they're small potatoes to an extent. But those dudes put out one of the most interesting videos of the year, something that will be remembered. Like when we look back on this year in 10 years in the grand scheme of skateboarding, we'll probably all still be talking about how the Sour Solution 2 video was fucking insane and it was just so unique and ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. While numbers, like, they haven't even put anything out, they've put a couple internet edits out and that's it. It's like they tried to do almost like what primitive has done but cool guy it um (laughs) with like meaning like 
I see like Plan B, Primitive, and Numbers kind of all in the same bunch as like these companies, these big polarizing companies who have tried to put uh, super teams together. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I just get a little pleasure out of it because, like, like you said, I was totally entertained and stoked when Numbers came out and was you know clawing at the footage. Loved the team. Rodrigo and Miles are like two of my absolute favorite yeah. skaters ever. And those are two such great names to start your team with. Now that it's been a while, like a couple years or so, um, you know, like it, it's maybe fallen flat a little bit. And I just like the idea, kind of like what you're saying, the idea of being able to put together a really successful, very trendy in the world and time and age of very trendy skate companies, you know, um, being successful. Uh, they, I think they, that's what they were going for. Um, I think that they're suffering from it. And I think, you know, we don't know what it's like to run a, a big business like that or, be able to pay these big names. Um, I'm sure there's, you know, plenty and a lot of bullshit that goes behind it. Um, but it kind of gave me a little, it kind of, you know, like made me a little happy that they, they're having to like fight and like pay a little bit. Um, meaning miles quitting and losing probably their biggest rider oh absolutely that was their biggest rider i mean rodrigo is a huge name don't get me wrong but he's been doing it for like 20 some odd years at this point miles is like a fresh face and name in skating in the best way possible everyone knows who he is he's worked really hard the last five to ten years to come up and make something of himself from his time on organica to uh, now like you look and see that development you know how crazy is skateboarding now though like thinking back on it with like calling primitive and numbers and a couple others like super teams uh it's so much like sports now <laughs> like seriously people like, getting traded yeah like like you know that's that's where the term super team or whatever comes from is like the, you know the nba basically he basically got traded from one super team to another from going from numbers to primitive yeah but primitive i mean we've gone over my thoughts on paul rodriguez many times before and primitive and I thought numbers didn't have an image, but I thought conceptually and like who the team was was much more memorable than something like primitive. But then at the same time, like yeah, but primitive puts out like ten edits a year of yeah, I know bangers. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> That's their thing. That's their market. They're the banger. It's market. not weird enough for Ted. Nope. It's not avant-garde enough for Ted. Nope. Maybe if they started using, like, I don't know, weird abstract Velvet Underground songs or something as their soundtrack, I, I might dive in head first, but until then, no. Well, anyways... But going off, in, in, I, <laughs> I wanted to bridge this, though, to fucking Shane O'Neill starting his company, too, which is just what I feel is more of the same of that motif, you know? Yeah. April Skateboards dropped their first edit, and it was like, it's him, and it's Yuto, and they're doing, like, the most unfathomable tricks you could ever imagine. Yeah. 
But again, it's just more of that. Like, it seems more organic, bangers. though. You think that seems more organic? I think I think a person like Shane O'Neill starting a company and just having it. I listened to the little story he told on Nine Club. I think him starting a company and um and having it like kind of blossom this way is definitely more organic than guy Mariano and Eric Costin starting this company with a team full of you know legends yeah i can understand but i i totally agree with you that they're all kind of in the same in the one one in the same yeah it's just like i don't know none of them have that specific image but then again no companies really have like a unique carved out image anymore that's not necessarily true not as many i mean when you look back like 15 20 years ago everyone had their niche there was certain things that set them apart maybe it was the graphics maybe it was how they advertised maybe it was the music they used i don't know but now today it's like so many of those companies just kind of bleed together and blend together and only so much stuff sets them apart um i wanted to say uh i'm glad you brought up april because i kind of forgot about that actually but i wanted to say in the midst of all this shit with miles he put out a banger ass part yeah for pla uh which is just a shop and shout out gary rogers with the fucking hilarious commentary talking about what the fuck this dude put out probably the best part of the year for just a skate shop we don't see that shit anymore you know i immediately think back to the ftc videos um, which were like lackluster to an extent, like in the yeah, sense that yeah, but there's some legendary parts. Well, of those. I'm not denying that, but I mean, even Mesa tells the story about how Lavar told him like how he didn't want to use any of his good footage for the FTC video, and he was saving it all for blind. Right, and that even goes further to to proving Gary Rogers' point. Um, but you know, there's kind of no real rules in the skate world and content world and industry now, which is, you know, there's, it's dope. But at the same time as all these new companies are coming out, dropping these little edits that are just full of bangers, we're currently in a month right now where we're getting three full lengths from three companies that were so heavy when we were growing up. We've got a new toy machine video that just dropped we've got a new zero video that just dropped and we got a new baker video dropping in a couple months from now so like what year is this Uh it's like 2000 all over again ted is excited guys well i'm really excited about the toy machine video above all of those like the zero video will be cool you know it got that gabriel summers guy to go pro it Someone said a while, I think it was Jamie himself said a while ago, this might be his last, like, really big part that he's, like, going for it on, because he's getting old. And then, like, you got Tommy Sandoval, but that dude is, like, at this point, Zero's longest running pro, because most of them have left. You still have Dane Berman on there killing it, but the Toy Machine video, like... We're going to have full parts from Colin Provost, Blake Carpenter, 
Daniel Lutheran, all throwing it down for their board sponsor. Um, Ed Templeton wrote this big thing on Instagram the other day about how proud he was of the team, mainly, though, because they didn't have a big budget behind this. It's not like, you know, Tommy Edo is plugging them with loads and loads of cash to, like, travel all around the world. It was just that they were kind of self-motivated to go out there and make this video as good as they could. But the rumor that I've been hearing is that Leo Romero went fucking hard for this video. Well, good on him for to those uh, to those companies for still keeping the whole video alive. You know, with yeah. the whole a whole filming of a video, a premiere, and not just throwing it straight online. Although there's a good chance that they will be. I feel like Toy Machines are the type that will put it out zero two for that matter like zero's always been good about putting out physical copies of their videos but i'm hoping toy machine does because you know ed templeton is always about that like unique experience and having art and something to actually look at and hold and whatnot are you gonna pick up physical copies of all three fuck yeah i am dude are you kidding me (laughs) do you own every single toy machine zero and baker video I have Baker, Bootleg, 2G, and 3 all on VHS. I have... The only Zero video I don't have is uh, Strange World, which was, like, kind of the weird era, like, after New Blood, where, like, Alyssa Steamer was on the team and shit like that. And then I don't have um, Brainwashed, the Toy Machine video from, like, 2010, or 11, whenever that came out. That's the only Toy Machine video I don't have. But I'm just stoked. Like, if Leo Romero did go dummy for a part, like, it's weird to say, because he's probably only a little older than you and myself, but, like, Leo Romero's getting old. <laughs> Damn. Like, when you, if he did go dummy for this last part, then... That's crazy because Leo Romero is climbing the ladder of age. Meanwhile, like when it comes to Baker 4, I can only guess who will have well, Baker's last part. really good at at cycling their talent. You know what I mean? Like they they are good at keeping their core crew but also like consistently introducing new people, so Totally. Obviously Cater and, I, I don't uh, think Cater would have Enders, but I, if I had to put my money on it, I'm going to say Figgy probably is going to have last yeah, part. Yeah, they always, Baker always shows out for sure. Yeah. Cause um, like, and they got a couple new dudes too. Well, I was thinking too, like, oh, what about Jamie Foy? But that's Death Wish. That's like, you know, yeah, a yeah. girl putting out a video and having a chocolate guy have the last part. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out, but I'm pretty fired up for all three of those videos. I don't know how or when I'm going to be able to see them, but as soon as I can, I will. And speaking of Baker and our guy Andrew Reynolds, pretty big news that Andrew Reynolds left America after all these fucking... And Brian Herman. Two of them left their shoe sponsor that they've had for 20-plus years. Yeah. That's absurd to me. You think of America, you immediately think of Andrew Reynolds. Yeah, he's always put out like the best parts for that company you know both this is skateboarding and stay gold are legendary video parts he had last part in both of those videos mm-hmm. and now he's on to vans he's capitalizing on the legend 
train. Yeah, and I mean, you know what, though? He probably should because Vans is probably giving him a lot of money. I know Justin Regan, who used to run America, is now the manager over at Vans. Okay, okay. So I'm sure he was promised quite a bit of money because he is that legend. And at this point, with Andrew Reynolds not skating like nearly as much as he used to, he needs to have that financial cushion of comfort. I don't, I don't blame him for what he did. However, I did make sure I copped one last pair of his Americas. It's weird seeing him on Instagram skating in vans, but I don't know. He's got, he's been skating with Cater a lot, and I'm not necessarily mad at it. You know, I don't. I think people. No. I think it's it's been received a little. A little uh, softer because it's not Nike or Adidas, and uh, yeah, even though Vans is is a big like pretty corporate you know company, I think, I don't know. I think the Nike and Adidas jump usually like is like a little more, uh, a little more rough for people. Well, I as think, far as like you know the haters. Well, Vans is still a skate company. You know, Nike and Adidas right, are yeah. so much more than that. But Vans is still 100% a skate shoe company. And it makes sense for Reynolds, you know, his whole image and everything. It makes sense that he would do that. Whatever, I'm not mad at it. Get your money. He's a legend. At this point, he deserves it, you know? I love, too, that with that news, though, America announced that, like, Dakota Servold was their new guy. And that dude rips, and he's awesome. But if if they think that's going to fill the void... Hey, I'm sure that's not the plan. <laughs> yeah. It might be, you know, some sort of marketing ploy, but that's, you know, they know Reynolds can never be replaced. And it's a shame because in the world of Vans, Nike, and Adidas, America is still a tiny little company. Yeah. Hopefully we don't see another small company suffer and and phase out, but, you know, this is just, just the times that we're dealing with. Yeah, shoe companies be vanishing uh as well as board companies it just, sometimes it just happens but for every company that we lose you know we gain others and one company that i think right now is prospering so well and it's so great to see that they put out another full length this year um and that's 917 uh, anyone who's listened to this show before knows how obsessed I was with the first 917 video. You were super stoked for this one. I was super stoked. I didn't think it had the same impact on me that the first one had. Like, the first one just, like, won me over in a way that very few things do. You know, it's like when you hear an album for the first time, you, like, immediately... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like finish it and put it back on you're gonna be chasing that high from the first 917 video forever yeah well i mean that's why i had sour solution too so now that's the high that i'm chasing yeah but the new 917 video was great like i love cyrus bennett i love max palmer i still think that they they have a great ability of picking out good songs that are not necessarily like the fucking like trap music that everyone fucking loves to set their edits to or it's it's not like whatever's trendy you know they had fucking popular by not a surf in the video i don't know if you know that song super 90s alt rock gem 
And when it came on, I was like, what the fuck is this song? I know this fucking song. But it, it works. You know, it's great. And they they have a good team. They have good music. And their trick selection, it's more about style than it is about substance. You know, one of the things that I loved in that video that you and I got into a bit of a debate on was uh, someone did a a hurricane over the grade at Flushing and you're like, oh, well, that's already been done. And I was like, I don't know if it has. And I guess if it has, someone please correct us on the internet. But just a hurricane over Flushing, like so much has been done over the grade. Like every combo you could imagine has probably been done over that grade. But a hurricane is a fucking great and weird trick to throw over something like that. I, for some reason, I'm remembering someone else doing it a long time ago, but I totally could be wrong, which doesn't take away from the trick, but, yeah, we were going back and forth about if someone had done it or not. I thought the 917 video was okay. I wasn't super, super hyped on it. Um, it's a lot of the same looking skating. You know, they do kind of the montage style. Yeah, I do I do like that it's not all heavy, big gap, mind-blowing tech bangers um, like we see in a lot of footage nowadays. I love that stylish skateboarding is coming back, and this is something we've been talking about a lot lately. The same how I felt about the Nike Supreme Dunk edit that came out. It's, you know, like, good spot selection, good background to be filming, um, good music, and it's not just, like, the biggest names in the industry doing mind-blowing hammers. So I appreciate it for that, but I thought the video was a little wonky, maybe a little abstract, and... I don't know, I wasn't extremely entertained by it. Like I said, I didn't think it packed the same punch as the first one did. But that doesn't take away from the fact that there was some good stuff and it was, you know, its own unique thing. It's hard to come... I think it was Nas who once said, you have your whole life to write your first album and then two years to write your second album. So... When 917 was initially conceptualized, you know, they had all the time in the world to put something together that they thought was going to be worth it. And if you've ever listened to Alex Olson tell the story of how that video came together, it's kind of ridiculous because he's like, he didn't think it was going to happen and they were trying to get it out there and it just wasn't working the way he thought it was. And then when the first video came out, it was really well received. But once it's out, now you have to come back with something else. Well, it's... I don't know, it's the old curse that no sequel is ever as good as the original, and... Except Home Alone. Yeah, and Terminator. True. And possibly RoboCop. And it's also, you know, and, and it's how it's received by uh, the viewer, you know, because, again, like, it's a different feeling when you're watching something, a uh, part two, other than, you know, the very first thing, so... The other thing that embodies a sequel that has been great is the rebirth of some of our favorite spots in skateboarding. I'm, of course, looking at Embarcadero right now, especially since it's local. So this is Embarcadero Part 2, I guess. You know, all these years later now, it's being rebirthed and you're seeing people hanging out there all the time again skating. Yeah, well, more specifically... 
like specific crews so like the supreme the supreme dudes the gx dudes you're seeing a bunch of people roll through there and they're you know they waxed up a couple of the ledges that aren't knobbed over there and you're seeing people get super creative uh but yeah there's been a total total comeback of it which is funny because nothing has changed there yeah for the last like 15 years yeah and the same with union square right now union square has been making a massive comeback as well like that like emb has been exactly like that minus the fountain being drained or not has been like that forever and no one thought to wax anything or get creative or skate anything um and now it's just like it's really funny to me that like even a skate spot like that can become so trendy when like there's so much doper shit to skate in the bay area oh yeah but you know the history is there and it looks good and it sounds good and it just has that old feel to it and it's cool to see a spot like that be attacked in new different ways but it's just you know it's very typical of the skateboard world and industry and and the cool guy factor of of like that being a hot spot now when it's like yo that's been there forever that's why i think it's so funny when the supreme crew rolls to town and they just go and skate like emb and union square a ton it's like yo there are so many other spots that you haven't even touched that are like in the the nooks and crannies of the cities it's the aesthetic they're going for you know which is their thing but yeah i totally agree that like it's just so trendy and like I don't know, just a a cool guy circle of, like, hanging out there and drinking brews and smoking spliffs, and it's like, uh, all right, that's cool, but, like, there's, I don't know. I like seeing the footage, but I just think it's it's interesting and kind of corny that even a skate spot like that can become so trendy. And then on the flip side of that, some spots are going and then coming back. Like, one of the big news stories this year was that someone went to El Toro one day and found it, like, completely ripped out. Well, they put, they put a, like, tread before the stairs, I think, in an attempt to skate stop it. So they really didn't do anything. I think they redid the stairs and they tried to skate proof it. Right. Which someone with the quickness just put, I think, quick Cree over it or, or a Bondo or whatever. Yeah. And that's what's so funny, you know, it, everyone on the internet was bugging out. They're like, El Toro's gone. No one's ever going to be able to do El Toro again. But that's not true. Of course... They're, they'll always find ways, just the same way with EMB. Like, all that they had to do was move a few knobs and wax a couple ledges, and that was that. And the same can be said for something like El Toro, even though it's like a giant set that you're not going to just hang out at in session all day. It's one of those spots that you either make or break. But there are spots where you hang out all day, and one of those actually is under attack right now and we've we've been seeing a lot of that here in america but it's with makba you know we we see the updates all the time save makba save makba campaign and And it's it's real it's very very real i was just in barcelona uh not too long ago and if you haven't been out there recently or if you've never been out there there's a serious 
I don't want to say attack because honestly, to keep it real, a lot of it is very warranted. But yeah, an attack against skateboarding and skate culture out there. Um, but you know how skaters do. We fucked it up for ourselves. Yeah, and I mean, it's such a simple thing if you want to save Makba, like stop skating there late at night, stop leaving all your fucking beer cans behind. Like, these are simple little things that will allow the spot to stay intact. Well, they've shut down the curfew a lot earlier now, too. So if you've, if you know about the spot, you've ever been there, have a friend who's been there um it's also like a huge party spot so like you know it's not just the skaters but a lot goes on there as i'm sure you could imagine you know there's a lot of drug dealing going down there's a lot of robbery there's a lot of drinking going on from four three four o'clock in the afternoon all the way until i think it's midnight now that the cops every single night come through and kick everyone out and on busy nights sometimes that's hundreds maybe even thousands of people it's like love park all over again and we all know how that ended so yeah if you're visiting barcelona or if you live in barcelona stop fucking it up yo like yeah we want to we want to skate makba as long as humanly possible clean up after yourself man and that's such a simple thing i mean dude even my homies here in San Francisco had a birthday party at the island and the rule at the end of the party was everyone had to fucking clean up. Yeah. And like they did. They Don't put everything in like a nice pile right by the garbage can. Yeah. So that no one could complain. Like yeah. they did it's such a simple and responsible thing to do and it'll fucking save so much in skating if we can all just learn to do that shit. If we lose Makba, a huge epicenter of our culture is going to be stripped, you know, and let's not fuck it up for ourselves. Honestly, that museum in the city of Barcelona has been so fucking cool for so long to allow all that shit. Yeah, and they could easily be dicks. Yeah. <laughs> it would not be hard. It's an art museum. It's not a fucking skate park. It's not some, like, cool, hip, young person's thing. It's a fucking art museum. Yeah. And if they wanted to be dicks and kick everyone out, they easily fucking could. But thank God they don't, because it's one of the best skate spots in the world. Save Makba and shout out the Makba Life Instagram. Oh, yeah. The best Instagram account out there. You want to talk about seeing consistent, good viral content. Yeah. Makba Life has forever provided that to us. Never a dull moment at Makba. Oh, boy. Ugh. Just sit there and people watch. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even beyond that, like, beyond the skating, there's just so much there. And it's uh, Let's switch back to rolling through this year's events there's so much this is like almost you could do we could do like a five part current event episode. yeah i mean with all the stuff in skating that happens day in and day out you know it really um it really just keeps on going and going and going yeah and especially living here in the bay area we see so much and like yeah now with the scene out here and everything it's yeah yeah well Jay and I were privy to one thing that was a, a viral fucking sensation this year. Our homie D blew up on Instagram for doing a front flip. Like, he launched off 
a ramp on one board. The flip heard around the world. Did a front flip, landed on another board, and it got reposted by fucking everybody. And we just happened to be there. Sh- yeah, we were shit faced in front row. We didn't happen to be there. We're there very often. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's our at everyday skate shop. Yes, everyday <laughs> skate shop. That's the place where it happened. Left side skateboard <laughs> teaser release party. Let's not get it twisted. Left side skateboards. Everyday SF skate shop. What's up to the homies? But yeah, um, you know, that's that's the beauty of living in this city is you, you do get to witness shit like that in front of you all the time if you're lucky. And that was one night where we were pretty lucky. We got to just see something wild like that go down. Which we didn't think was even necessarily going to happen because it all kind of started out as a joke. It's funny for an old guy like myself in this internet age to, like, see stuff like that and, like, see something go viral because it it sounds hella cliche and corny, but, like, in the moment you're not, like, you're just like, oh, he's trying to flip onto another board. You're not like, oh, this is going to go viral. Like, oh, this is going to be an internet sensation shared 10 million times on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as it happened and, like, as things started to unfold, it was like, okay, this is probably going to be one of those things. Yeah. And it's funny, on the same night that we were doing our stuff at Everyday, there was the uh, premiere for the deep fried video like their crew put out a full length and you know we've commented on the other deep fried edits that we've seen within the last year or two and those dudes are kind of like it's like the gx one give it to him come on let's get your real feelings (laughs) like i often refer to it as gx light (laughs) <laughs> it's um, very similar skating. I mean, and that's the thing like this <laughs> and some of even the same guys yeah some of the same people the same style and that's the thing that is a style in the bay area right now that it's it's a real thing we're talking about the one hit hill bomb yeah hit the thing see how many kickflips and wall rides you can do in a city block going downhill and it's a great style of skating but like we get it yeah we get it it's 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 a lot of the same shit and as i mean we're not knocking it like oh it's fucking terrible like because i can't do that shit i can't do kick flips going 150 miles an hour downhill like hell no i'm lucky if i can do a kickflip standing still let alone fucking going downhill like that but at the same time it's just too much of the same thing over and over and well, over with, again with the popularity of the gx crew growing and just, you know, their edits coming out over the last couple years. And uh, it's just, you know, it's another one of those things in the skateboard world that, like, it's a trend. Right. You know, and people see it and they see that it's cool and it's well-received and it's and it's very dangerous and gnarly and super hardcore. And so, you know, people emulate it, you know, and it's it is very... Uh, a very dope brand of skating and it's kind of um pulling from a lot of how the footage looked in uh in ftc2 penal code yeah um you know skating down the street hitting school outside of the schools or homes or driveways or uh city benches (coughs) 
and it's and it's kind of the new rebirth of that, which I think is super dope. Uh, but you're right. Like, there's only so many ollies and kickflips and wall rides you could do over a driveway and bomb a hill to keep someone's interest. And that video was long. Like, it was cool. I was I was stoked that they got it together and put a full length out because the deep fried edits I've seen before were like 10 minutes or less before and they were good but this was like okay we're putting out a full length we're putting our people on the fucking scoreboard showing what they're capable of and all those dudes are definitely fucking talented but as far as like a full length that's going to keep me engaged for the 45 minutes that it is like I just wanted something more something a little more diverse in terms of what they were going for i was however happy to see they were skating a handful of spots that i was like that are great that you don't see enough of for example the glen park bart station you know that's a spot that it's got all the potential in the world for people to be constantly skating it but it's just kind of crusty and glen park is kind of a random part of town to go to to skate but they, you know, they made it a big part of their video. How about on the, the opposite spectrum, opposite side, uh, the Palace video that kind of, sort of, came out of nowhere? Yeah, it was very, I mean... Was it a video? Was it an edit? Like, I guess it was, it's somewhere in between, because um, it, it was like a little over ten minutes long, but it's... Those dudes are all so good, and their skating is so grimy, but, like, clean at the same time. Like, because they're hitting, like, some gnarly spots around Europe, but everything they do looks so perfect. And that's the same with the Sour Solution crew, too. Like, they're skating all these spots in Europe that are old and crusty, but they make it look so good and so crisp. And that's why I love European skateboarding so much in that regard. And Palace for being the trendy monster that they are, they keep it pretty real. Like Absolutely. they put out a lot of fucking content and they have a super sick roster and it's never any like bullshit filler honestly like you know they have their own weird editing style and whatever but like they kind of they they kind of like hit you over the head with just like raw gritty fucking street footage exactly. constantly and their team yeah they have a great team like lucian clark blondie mccoy benny fairfax are all blondie's gone Blondie's gone. Yeah, he's left Palace. I thought he was in that last edit, though, wasn't he? Um, he may have been, but uh, he's he's left Palace at this point, yeah. Well, well, my point is, is like, you're right. They are a fucking trendy-ass thing. Like, how many times do you go to fucking trendy-ass touristy places and you see, like, weird people wearing fucking Palace jackets and shit? Yeah, no, it's definitely <laughs> one of those uh, skateboard streetwear brands that have transcended outside of skateboarding. Right, and but they still... Resold and... Like Supreme, they really cling to their fucking skateboarding roots in the yeah. best possible way. They don't forget right. that that's what they are. We need that right now. Aside from the big projects, though... There's also been so many indie projects, like, holy shit, that could fucking be its own episode, too, just talking about all the independent videos that have come out, but the one I really want to focus on 
for just a minute here is the old friends video because that is pretty local to us a bunch of people we know are involved in that and it's good to see they've got a great team and not only that Walker Ryan and Sebo Walker are dudes who have just been consistently killing it throughout their whole career. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, those are dudes who could put out a video part every month and it would all be fucking the craziest shit we've ever seen. Two Sodi contenders, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't... Sebo's second part. Yeah. Or maybe even third of the year. Well, I know he did the part where it's like nine days in New York. Mm-hmm. And shit like that. But he's a dude who's just so fucking talented. You can understand why the Gons would have plugged him for Crooked. But then Walker Ryan, who's his board sponsor even right now? I don't even know if he has one. I couldn't tell you. He might be sponsorless. Yeah. he's. I know he's been, or he was free agent for a while after Organica. But Walker Ryan... He's so fucking talented, and this old friends video really allows him to fucking shine through and show what he's capable of. But then the best part, too, is that you have a bunch of our friends in that video who, you know, they get to share a video with Walker Ryan and Sebo Walker, two dudes who are fucking just some of skating's most interesting and creative pros. That video had a cool aesthetic because you have someone like Dave Abair who's like, yeah, I forgot about Dave Abair who's who, like doing a lot of gnarly like city San Francisco city uh, shit, like a lot of gnarly one hit hill bomb stuff, um, and then you got someone like Nick Klein who's super smooth, um, can you know kind of like more low impact street skating. And you have dudes like Walker and Sebo who can kind of do it all. And not only that, they're so like the video tech has a cool too. aesthetic to it. They're really technical, but they go really big. I don't know. I could talk about Sebo Walker for fucking ever because he, I think he's one of the fucking most interesting skaters out there right now. Yeah. But as we talk about these guys and everything that's happened, the real question comes around. Who is going to be Skater of the Year in 2019? You have... Soft push right now. You have the first Sodi Award that's not being handpicked by Jake Phelps, which is a huge step in a different direction. That being said, who's it going to be? Well, we've brought up Walker Ryan and Sebo Walker. I think Sebo would get it above Walker just because he's done more this year. But then we got the big push from Mark Suchu for this new part that he just put out, which was amazing. You can see that he's found new ways to adapt his quick feet to the modern world. Um, a lot of like consistent like ollie, ollie, ollie type shit, like really fast, which reminds me of some of that Sour Solution shit. But he still is going big, and he's still doing all these other tricks over these bigger spots. That back nose blunt down that fucking mm-hmm. black marble hubba in New York was crazy. Like He's still able to do tricks at spots where you thought all the tricks had been done. Yeah, yeah. Those step-up ledges in New York, too, where he's doing like blunt to fucking 5-0 and shit, like, it's insane. 
Well, he's been, you know, he's been on the forefront of pushing skateboarding for a, a while now. Well over a decade at this um, point. My predictions, if I think I know the industry and um, its politics and just what people are feeling and what's trendy right now, I think the top th- three or three of the top dudes is going to be uh, Mark Susu and Cater. Cater, really? Yeah, man. Mark my words. I think, um, and I'm sorry, Mark Sushu, Cater, and uh, Miles Silvis. I think Sushu and Miles Silvis are fucking major contenders, especially since Miles is probably going to be putting out more parts before the year is up with him getting on primitive and everything. And, I mean, Mark Sushu just push the game forward so hard with this 11 minute edit of all him well i but feel like a cater, lot is coming still yeah also well, i guess that's the thing with baker four around the corner we might see some shit from cater that we didn't think was possible but also that being said like we haven't seen the toy machine video either mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we could get a banging part from leo romero that puts him in the running as getting or it for the second colin time provost. i think colin provost could possibly if he delivers a huge part could get it too because he's a fucking gnarly atv but let's not forget that supreme apparently has a big uh, san francisco edit dropping pretty soon here too which could be a huge factor yeah in uh in the front runners i know cater's been on those trips as well but also like who knows what it could mean for someone like ty sean who has been pretty vocal about wanting to get it two right in See, a row. that's i wanted to bring that up i've seen him claiming that shit on the internet several times that back to back and it's like okay he hasn't you know put out a ton this year but they still got that coming but that makes me think about cater even more because the Baker video is about to come out and that Supreme edit. Mm-hmm. So look look for that. And he's just all over the gram. He's all over everyone else's gram. And there's a lot of eyes on him right now. So I think that's just kind of how that decision goes with Thrasher. But those are my three top picks right now. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with Miles, Mark. And I'm not going to even bother with a third I, I got to see those other three full lengths to really, like, put a, another solid bet down on the table. But we're going to be finding out in a couple months. It's it's coming up quicker than we can fathom. That's right. You'll see us at uh, Skater of the Year, bitches. I'll be, I'll be the one with the huge backwood blunts and a beanie. We can only hope.